Welcome to part two of my conversation with Kim Parker of Kim Parker Yoga. She's a sound healer and a yoga instructor. We talked about expectations and the information she gets from any initial conversation with clients. She also talks a lot about myofascial release. It was something I did not know was that extensive. Also about the future of Kim Parker Yoga. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a channel, so I bring forward your guides so you can connect more easily with them, allowing you to have soul deep conversations with them whenever you want. I'm an energy healer, a past life explorer, a mentor. My goal is to empower you by teaching you techniques that you can use on your own. We work together to find and identify the blockages to your growth and release them, inviting you to explore your possibilities. I'm available for phone and virtual sessions, and with Washington State opening up, I will be at some of these in-person events. The best way to contact me is through Susie at BlueLightningHealing.com. You can also contact me through my website, BlueLightningHealing.com. There, you'll find links in a fully searchable database of my podcasts, a link for my Kofi.com account to support me in my efforts, and a full calendar of events so that you know where I'll be online and in person. Oh yeah, and the appointment scheduler, that's there too. Thanks so much. Blessings. So do I have any other questions? Do you have any other things to tell me about sound healing? Um, sound healing looks and feels different for a lot of people. So I've been talking a lot about words like soothing, relaxing, calming. I will also say that it can be very normal during a sound meditation to feel really energized or to feel like the way I've had people describe it is like the light bulbs were finally turning on and lighting the path to a solution to a problem or something nice. like that. It was like, oh, boom, like inspiration or creativity was unlocked. Sweet. So for some people, they might, and it can be different for the same person on different occasions. Yeah. Right? So it's not necessarily like this is always going to be your response to this. Right. Like you said earlier, it's, it's that confluence of so many different factors what we bring to the day and and everything else but i will say that it can look look and feel very different for people so i have people experience everything from like deep deep rest like people who actually start snoring within like 30 seconds people who can't sleep who then are boom out and getting that deep rest and they're like oh i feel bad i slept through it well no you didn't really like sleep through it like you needed this <laughs> and even if you were not conscious conscious the whole time your body is still experiencing the vibrations yeah so i have people all the way on that end of the spectrum who are like out i have people who just feel really relaxed or peaceful or like that chit chat in the head that ritty business the little tornadoes finally simmer down a little bit or a lot of bit i've had folks say that they feel afterwards really relaxed but also really like energized and focused like they could go straight into like something really productive i've also had people say afterwards that they're really relaxed and they're like 
I'm going to go home and go night night, <laughs> you know? So it's just, it's such a range. That's part of what's fun for me is, is working with people and seeing how I can meet them and kind of what the vibration shakes loose for them. So in the hands of a practiced or experienced practitioner, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like there are many downsides to sound healing. It's just depending on what resonates with them. Yeah. Like I, I kind of said that jokingly earlier but it really is it's not talking about vibration here yeah Um, it's not for everyone but mm -mm. it's certainly not something to just go oh that that's malarkey that's a bull don't try it there is something and and it's worth a shot to Mm -hmm. experience it from somebody who has practiced who knows what they're doing i think in the time i've been doing singing bowls i know of one person who attended a sound meditation with me who then had difficulty sleeping afterwards for a couple of days but i think she had some other things there were there was a confluence of factors there that maybe seeing the the timing was not great for her but it's one out of i don't even know how many who have come to my group sound meditations or who come from private sessions or who've just been in a yoga class where i i play some singing bowls during shavasana at the end you know i've only had one person come to me and say i'm really not sure if i want to try that again because i couldn't sleep for a couple days afterwards and i am totally respectful of that like yeah you don't need to try it again well yeah there are times when one goes through some sort of healing work whatever it is whether it's energy work and and that covers so much but it could be bringing up stuff that the person's not ready mm-hmm. or isn't in a place where they can handle it so i can understand mm-hmm. how it could be it's a question of whether you're ready to handle it and if you can't that's okay you get to do okay. other stuff yes give yeah. yourself permission <laughs> yeah yeah well you're hitting on so many things i've been writing a meditation and you've talked about resonance and flow and permission and stuff like that so thank you for affirming that what i'm doing right now is what i need to be doing cool i did have a question what else i forgot what i was going to say <laughs> <laughs> do we need to do the old backtrack thing like no, you know if you forgot something you're supposed to walk back into that room no. and like <laughs> okay so Sound healing. I asked you about how to play it. Okay. I really do love the parasympathetic nervous system being called rest, digest, and restore. Because mm-hmm. those are the functions that are brought online Yeah. when the nervous system switches into that gear, which, I mean, when you use sciencey words like sympathetic and parasympathetic, a lot of people just glaze over, right? Because they're like, eh, I didn't know. But getting into that, that explanation. But if you can whole... identify what the functions are, people are like, oh, oh, okay, rest, oh, yeah. digest, restore. Oh, yeah, I need some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we were just talking about people who didn't resonate with it for, and people who do so it is possible and that a client uses their own discernment just because it's something that's out there sure try it but i feel that somebody could talk to you or i would feel any practitioner who is open to hearing and Mm -hmm. and find out if it is in fact something they want to do yeah and a lot of times when i have somebody who is new to the idea especially if they're coming in for a private session i love to do a phone chat with them ahead of time to get an idea of like why are you interested in this what made you schedule a session because everybody comes to sound meditation yoga all of this stuff for various reasons right do you take into account somebody's expectations say what do you expect to get out of this and if somebody says well i want to lose 50 pounds 
from the time I walk in to the time I walk out and, and have perfect hair and, and all this stuff. And I would I think quite that expectation lay, laid out. Usually, usually when I'm working with people in a private session situation, my questions are more along the lines of, I like to ask folks, what are you most excited about in your life right now? And what feels like the biggest challenge or what feels like you're stuck? I usually kind of keep it to those two questions because it can be pretty enlightening actually. Yeah. Um, And And that would inform what sort of tones that you choose. Well, it informs for me how I, it's more of an approach. One, simply asking people the questions and getting them to vocalize their answers. Yeah is huge yeah. because a lot of times people don't think about those things mm-hmm. or don't even realize what those things are until somebody asks and actually listens and wants to listen. So there's that piece that's not even necessarily like specifically sound meditation. It's just in general yeah. connection, authentic connection, right? Yes. Um, yes. Which again is one of those things that helps. It signals our body that we're safe. We're back with our tribe. We are safe. We can get out of that fight or flight. I usually stick to those couple of questions and then their answers might inform how I open the meditation. So I usually do some guided breathing at the beginning, maybe a visualization. And depending on what a person's, you know, thing they're excited about is or inspired by is or what their challenge stuck thing is, that can inform the language that I'm using or kind of the direction of that piece. And then from there, you know, most of what I do is built on that relaxation protocol. So it's kind of, I, I call it variations on a theme. So you've got the set theme of the sheet music and then you can kind of, you know, jazz it up, I guess you could say. Where you work within that, that framework, but you know, there's some improvisation. And when I, when it comes to the sound massage, the bowls placed on the body and then I ring the bowls on the body that sometimes is informed by that conversation at the beginning as well. Does it feel, does it seem like it would be more beneficial to do something up in, up in the chest area or in the belly area? Sometimes it's a physical thing that people are talking about. Like I feel really anxious and it's up here, or I feel really anxious and it's down in my guts or somebody's having breathing difficulties or digestive issues. Sometimes it's kind of literal and sometimes it's not but that can be informed by that conversation as well. Cool. Okay. And we're going to segue ever so gently into the myofascial myofascial release myofascial release now mm-hmm. my my massage therapist has done fascia which I know is that connective tissue and she can stretch mm-hmm. that out but the myofascial myo tell me how to say it again please myofascial myofascial release first off what is that <laughs> Again, science words, people go, uh, so, (laughs) so if you've had some experience with fascia work with your massage therapist, then you have an idea of what this is. So the fascia system is relatively, relatively newly researched in the grand scheme of anatomy, like the last few decades that we've been able to see the fascia system in the body. And it's basically like this giant spider webby connective tissue material that holds you together. 
Yeah. And if you pull on one piece of it, it affects everything else, kind of like your shirt. Like if you pull on one part of your shirt, most of other parts of your shirt move, but what you pulled on was over here, right? So if you yeah. have an area that has a scar tissue, you know, people who have a surgery or an injury, scar yeah. tissue, that creates an adhesion yeah. or scar tissue stuff that then might pull and put pressure on some other area, right? Or if somebody has habitual movement patterns, repetitive motions due to work or posture or whatever, that can also create areas where the fascia moves really freely because it's used to doing that. And then areas that maybe it doesn't move very freely because it's not used to that. Or it's overworked. Overworked, underworked, it can be kind of arranged. Basically, we have this spider web holding us together that is constantly adapting to the demands that are placed on it. So if, for instance, we are at a computer all day, every day, and we have computer posture, it's going to respond to that and be like, okay, this is home base. And then you start to get stuck in that shape over time. And you have to actively work to loosen and what's the word I'm looking for? Release. Release those. <laughs> oh, there it it's is. In it's, in the the, name. it's in the name of the stuff. <laughs> Need to release the tension in those tissues. So Myofascial release work can look, a, there's lots of different techniques and stuff. What I do is I use yoga therapy balls. So we're not talking about the big yoga balls that you sit on at a desk. That's a different thing. But what I use are a few different sizes of yoga therapy balls from either uh, yoga tune-up. Tune-up fitness is, is one brand tradition. And then well-round is another one, very similar. So those are the kind of brands that I, that I use their gear. We use the yoga balls to basically give ourselves a massage, a targeted massage, and you can do it all over the place, different techniques, different places, to help pinpoint where the tension resides in your body, which again is creating a proprioception thing, right? Where we're actually paying attention. The brain is acknowledging a sensation in the body and we're paying attention. Oh, that is happening right there, acknowledging mm -hmm. it, which a lot of times, especially if something's uncomfortable, we like to not acknowledge those things. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. Or we might over fixate on it to a point where we think it's worse than it is. So it could go either way, right? Okay. But it's all about being present with what is actually going on. So we breathe into these spaces as we apply pressure with these yoga therapy balls. And you can use these things rolling around on the floor. You can use them leaning up against a wall. Like I take, carry one in my car that I can just like throw in my shoulder spot back here while I'm stuck at the stoplight and do a little shimmy shimmy. So I love the accessibility of them, right? You can take them on the go. You can, and, and it's empowering for people to learn how to access those spots where their tension lands uh -huh. and hides out and stays and gets tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. It's so empowering for people to learn how to recognize those warning signs earlier, recognize the sensations in the body before it's totally jacked up, yeah. and then to have techniques where they can use these simple little tools that they can have in their car or bedside table or stick in your purse or whatever. And a couple minutes goes a long way with these rolling techniques because you can be so focused because you don't have to explain to somebody where to find it, right? You are the boss. Of, you know where it um, is. Yeah. You know where it is. So we use the yoga therapy balls to help release tension, which then also helps to 
how do I want to say this? It's kind of a chicken and the egg thing. Going back to the idea of the sympathetic nervous system response, that fight or flight, part of the physiological response to those stress hormones is the muscles tense for action. If you are tensed for action a lot, not because bears are chasing you, but because you've got projects at work and you've got kids to take care of and you've got bills to pay and you've got a pandemic going on and you've got all these things and you've got to figure out how to juggle them all and your body is carrying this tension, it's really hard to get that parasympathetic response on board because you're jacked up, you're stuck in a, in a physiological way, even if you don't feel like it up here, even if you're like in your head, you're like, I'm not stressed out, I'm fine. But if your body still feels it, you got to convince your body. You got to speak body language, right? You can't just logic your way <laughs> out right. of it all the time. Sometimes maybe, but sometimes you can't. And especially if folks have experienced trauma or anything like that, got to speak the body's language. You got to tell the body that it's safe. And so the fascia work is really profound not just for pain management, which was how I originally first learned about it when I was postpartum and had five lumbar discs that were bulging and couldn't feel my left heel and all kinds of things were out of whack as my body was coming back together. Not only did it help with the pain management and getting everything kind of back to a, a groovy neutral spot in the body, it also helped with the emotional stuff that was stuck in that tension. Yeah, the body holds on to all kinds of things. And yes, emotion the body is remembers. one of them. Oh. Even if you have forgotten or blocked out or swept under the rug, the body still remembers. And so it's it's not unusual for people to be doing little roll and release stuff with me and maybe they'll get emotional or they'll feel laughter or like, you know, quote, weird things. <laughs> come up but it's just emotions and it's just the body it's the physical release of that tension that has been stuck there for maybe a short while or maybe a really long while um, yeah yeah i i try my best to give people to set the stage for this space and all of these modalities to be a safe place for whatever needs to come up to come up and to flow through and to finish Right. Whatever that is. So you don't have to feel like you've got to tamp it down or keep it together when you're in the space doing this stuff, because that's oh, why we're yeah. doing this stuff is so that it can get out because so much of our culture tells us to just like suck it up and deal with shit. Right. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I heard that like phrase, just, dry it up or suck it up. And I just, just suck it up it. and deal with it or it's not that bad. And, and maybe uh, it is, or maybe it isn't, but you know, it needs to be looked at. And it needs to with. be looked at and acknowledged and, and, and acknowledged, released. Yes. So I have a toddler. He's three and a half. Bless his soul. He's such a kick in the pants. But when he is in freak out mode about something, because he is upset. There's not, there's no rationalizing with him at that point. He is not no. in his rational brain. You right. have to speak body language. You have to take deep breaths or help him to move his body in a way to help him calm down first, which then helps to whoop, wipe the muck off of the screen so that you can actually see what's happening and then have a somewhat rational conversation about what we could do differently or solution yeah. to the problem or whatever but if you were just like jacked up and upset you know picture a three-year-old but we do this as grown-ups oh just, yeah yeah we, it just might not look the same <laughs> i don't know they have a name for it now karen
yeah, if we just if if we don't have a way to to move through this stuff and to get through what uh, I've been I've been reading about understanding the stress response cycle as a tunnel and you have to get through the tunnel. You have to get through the tunnel. You have to use up those stress hormones to get back to equilibrium. And if you don't use them up in some way or discharge them in some way, yeah, then they're just going get, to get stuck in your system. That causes come imbalance. Out when, when you least expect it or least want it to. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. So it sounds to me that the myofascial release is something that's done in person. Well, it's a do-it-yourself kind of a thing. Like I'm not doing it on people. Right. I'm coaching them on how to use the tools themselves. So, and usually I kind of blend the the yoga mindful movement and the roll and release is what I call it. Okay. release, roll and release work. I like to blend those two together in classes and sessions because they work really well together. But yes, it's an embodied technique. So it's something that you are doing. As opposed to online. I have taught it online. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about how you deliver your, your classes. Yeah. Because when I saw you, it was pre-pandemic. Yes. So how is that playing out now? I'm not... (laughs) It's been playing out. It's been um, learning how to do things in a new way. Yeah. So pre-pandemic, I was doing everything in person. Since pandemic, learned how to use Zoom, learned how to teach both yoga and myofascial release via Zoom. Technically, I could try to do sound meditation via Zoom, but I don't have fancy enough um, recording equipment to do it as much justice as I would like it to. The sound does not pick up well on on the equipment that I have. But yeah, I have adapted to to teaching these things online and also in person now. I have private classes, private class times available. I'm starting a new program this month actually that I'm really excited about that's going to be hybrid. I'm going to have a few spots here in the studio and then unlimited spots online for the program, which is the first time I will have done it like at the same time. I've done either like everybody's on Zoom or everybody's in person. So oh, we'll see wow. how that goes. <laughs> how cool. Um, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I could so... drive down there, but you know, I don't like to drive, so <laughs> I may so have you to could, avail myself you could pop of that. onto the live stream and do it instead. <laughs> that would be cool. Okay. Which has actually been kind of fun. Like as much as I miss having everybody here in person, I've also gotten to access and meet people that wouldn't otherwise be able to come to my space. Yeah. Um, folks who've moved far enough south who, you know, they're not gonna yeah. drive from Tacoma, a gal from Texas who had taken a class with me and then she's in Texas now and now she's taking them from yeah. Texas. You know, like it's it's a different different thing. It's a different yeah, kind I, of thing. I, I find we could get all been out of shape about not being in person, but it's also a shift in perspective. I know people mm-hmm. in Canada that I talk to almost regularly, but you know, as far out as Florida and, and mm-hmm. I've had events that have been seen in Australia. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that couldn't have happened if I had to drive there. I, I hardly drive to Portland, which is an option coming up and stuff. So it's, it's pretty cool. Definitely a shift in perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yay. Okay. Do you have any final thoughts then? Any final things that I might have missed? I just always like to tell people that there's not really there's not really prerequisites for this kind of stuff. Yoga, myofascial release, uh, sound meditation it's okay to be new at something. It's okay 
to have never tried it before and to try it and then you can decide if you like it or not. Like maybe try it more than once to decide if you like it or not because you know sometimes the first time you try something it's just new and different and we're not always good at things the first time and maybe redefine what your definition of good is. Giving um, yourself permission to giving learn. Giving yourself permission to learn and to just show up and breathe and move or in a sound meditation situation, show up, lay down and breathe or sit in a chair and breathe, whatever is accessible for you. And to just, to just give yourself permission to experience something without being so attached to a specific expectation, a specific result. Not that we aren't intention oriented, right? We're not just like flapping around, you know, leaves, you know, the leaves, it's windy here at, at my house this weekend. So the leaves are, you know, blowing all over the place. We're not doing things totally haphazardly, but sometimes we can get so, there can be so much tension actually, or so much stress on a particular result or a particular expectation of how something is going to feel or look or be, or that, you know, I'm going to leave here and have lost 50 pounds or have amazing hair. Like you said a few moments ago, like being reasonable, <laughs> being reasonable, but also like, maybe that's not actually what you need right now. Perfect. That's perfect. And maybe just scheduling the time to be in a space that is space that's giving yourself space there's a theme of space in all of these things <laughs> that's getting back to connecting with space which our culture our modern day life does not really encourage us to just have space space yeah. to just rest space to think space to be creative space to just not have to like cram pack every moment of every day with something even if we do have a few minutes do we pick up our phone instinctively and start scrolling through stuff there's just so much that we fill our time and our bodies and our minds and our emotions with and i find a lot of folks just need some just need some space and it's not a question of opening up the pandora's box of you know and that story in itself that's a whole nother thing but you know you're not going to find absolutely dreadful things all the time you're going to find a little bit maybe and it's going to release layers, but to be in a safe, I'm going to call it sacred space, mm -hmm. because there's respect and there is a sense of source coming through to help and everybody is honored mm -hmm. that you're going to find stuff. Yeah, but nobody's judging you for it. And I think yeah. that's the hardest piece for a lot of folks is to really, truly believe that whoever they're engaged in the practice with is not tr not judging them but also to step out of judgment for themselves yeah because yeah. we are conditioned from such a young age to be our own worst critics yeah. and to tell ourselves that we're not good enough or we're not doing enough or we're, you know i hear it all the time with people who have said i've always wanted to try yoga but i'm not flexible enough but i i'm not skinny enough i'm not I'm like, what is, what is, what is flexible enough? What is skinny enough? And then I ask people, can you breathe? Okay. You can do yoga. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. You just it, come. It, to understand <laughs> the process is it's not the end result, that immediate flexibility. It's the process mm -hmm. that is, is what I hold dear. It's like, yeah, you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere and your body, your body, your mind, your heart, all of it 
somewhere down in there really wants to know that it's home and that it's safe to just be. And I think all the other benefits that we experience from these practices is a result of that. Yeah. That coming home piece. Yeah. I love that. Coming home then to yourself. Then home everything else heart. falls into place because yeah. there's not this separation, this tension of trying to be something different than what we are or yeah, it's a coming home. It's a, it's a coming home. Yeah. I like that. I keep making notes. It's like, Oh, I'm going to incorporate that and incorporate that. that lovely, <laughs> lovely. Yay. You're welcome. And then breathe. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Kim. This has been amazing. I oh, am so grateful you. that you carved out time for us and your toddler kid. Well done. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I remember my three and a half year olds when they were around. Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I have to remind myself that it's okay to be tired at the end of the day, even, <laughs> even when it's like, what did we accomplish? Well, oh yeah, the kid is alive and the house is still standing. I think we did good. Life is good. <laughs> Life is good. And you can breathe. And I'm still breathing. And you're still breathing. <laughs> it's so worth it. So if you would please all your contact information, how we can find you and yes. contact yes. you, please. I am on the interwebs. So I do have my own website, which is kimparkeryoga.com. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, I think the handles for both of those is at Kim Parker Yoga. My studio space here, my in-person space is in Linwood, Washington. I'm right in the uh, Alderwood Manor area. If you're in the in the hood and you know where that is, <laughs> that's that's whereabouts we are. And let me think, where where else? What else? Um, Any kind of hours, or we can we can look up your classes and stuff. Sure. So my class schedule is online right now on my website. Right now, I'm offering Tuesday nights are a Zoom, a kind of an open drop-in style Zoom yoga class. It's a flow class on Tuesday nights. And uh, the new program that I have starting here on October 21st, I believe, is a five-week mindfulness program. Um, it's called Get Steady. And it's going to be a blend of conversations, kind of kind of like what we've done today, but with um, some specific topics, really dialing into the stress response cycle and how understanding how that works in the body and how to complete the cycle using embodied mindfulness tools, yoga tools, so that we can reclaim a sense of calm and concentration in the midst of all the things because we can't necessarily make all the things disappear, but right. we can have some control over our own internal processing of that stress response cycle. Will this be a recurring class? Like if so we I'm going to run it. Yeah. I'm going to run it for five weeks, which will take us right up until Thanksgiving time. And I'm already, I already have some ideas in the work for like a second module, which would be building off of it. Um, but probably would still be accessible for people to be able to jump into that second module if they okay. hadn't done the first. Because like I said, I don't have any guarantee of when I can get this posted and with you having an October 21st date. Sure. So what I'm actually angling for is like, yeah, you're going to run it again, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some iteration of it will definitely be run again. Cool. <laughs> 2.0 <Okay>. version. <laughs> but yeah, but having it build on itself, I can see where that's yes. beneficial too. But that's your planning, not mine. Not yours. <laughs> yours. That's my project. <laughs> well, again, thank you. Thank you so much. I 
I am so thrilled to know that you're out there helping people and Thank and you. that you have not reduced it, but you've broken it down in such a way to make it so accessible. I talk a lot about accessibility mm -hmm. in when I'm doing stuff and to have more practitioners out there saying, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. You got to try. And I can't, and nobody can make anybody do it, but sure. at least try and yes, show up. Then mm -hmm. showing up. Schedule the time. Schedule the time as a mom. I know if it doesn't get on my schedule, it is not going to happen. Yep. yep. So schedule the time. And that's part of what's been fun. Um, in addition to the, the Zoom things I've been doing, it's been nice to start getting people's private classes scheduled in. So we've got some folks who come for their one on one. We've got some people who come with their little group of friends. And that's like their time, whether it's for yoga or a blend of yoga and myofascial release, or if it's just a sound meditation, any of those it things. It sounds like can... that non alcoholic version of the wine and paint thing. <laughs> It's like Friday afternoon is yoga time for these group of gals and that's what they do, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's nice to have that connection and that community building back here in the space. Um, yeah. And it's for anybody, yes. any body or any person. And yes. so that I have is... taught ages from five to 80 something. Uh -huh. And I've got people who do their yoga in chairs because that's what's available to them. And I've got people who want to stand on their heads, Sweet. you know, <laughs> we more power whole, to them as long as they're the whole out. range. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. Well, okay. I'm going to say thank you again. And I look forward to, to hanging with you. I think that would be a good thing. This has been Susie Parker Goins of Blue Lightning Healing and Kim Parker of Kim Parker Yoga. And until next time, blessings, y'all.